Support for Authentic Avenue comes from me, myself, and I. <laughs> Just making sure you all knew that. This is a show about brands, not paid for by them. I mean, maybe someday if it gets there. But for now, I'm documenting my journey of starting a little business alongside this podcast on TikTok, Authentic Adam. So there you go. Little plug. That's my ad read for the day. Okay, now on with the show. If you've listened to me for the last two years on this show and others, you know that I talk about authenticity in brands, and I do that with founders and chief marketing officers, CEOs, but I have very rarely tackled the subject of influencers as a deep dive. After all, it's a huge avenue to authenticity. Why haven't I covered it? Well, I start to solve that today through starting a small series within this show featuring influencers and the people at brands that manage that function directly. So without further ado, let's kick that off right here on Authentic Avenue. Dyson. Yes, Dyson, much more than a vacuum. And as it turns out, a pretty sophisticated organization when it comes to influencers. On today's show, you'll meet Alex Mack. He's an associate communications manager, but more importantly, he created the influencer program for Dyson. And so we kick off this sub-series with him, which I'm calling Influencer Interchange. I'm not sure, working on that. To learn not only what a great influencer is, but also how he helps tell the story of Dyson's beginnings, where they are today, and where they are headed. We also talk about a lot of noise out there when it comes to influencer tech, his thoughts there, as well as the difference between influencers and ambassadors. So sit back, relax, and if you don't want to, suck it up and do it anyway, as I get real about influencers with Dyson and Alex Mack. All right, time to talk about the world of influencers and specifically with a brand today that I had such a rigid, what I thought was understanding of what it was, but it turns out there's much more to it from a product perspective, from a people perspective. And so I'm so glad to have Alex Mack here from Dyson with me to explain it. Alex, thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course, I refer to the the very first time I and probably most people saw Dyson in the market with that famous vacuum, but you're much more than that. Would you mind explaining the, the multiple areas in which Dyson is today? Yeah, there's much more than just the vacuum ads that maybe people remember from James back in the day. We were in air treatment with our air purifiers, humidifiers, fans, heaters, um, lighting. A lot of people don't know about lighting. I think a lot of people have come to know us from the supersonic hairdryer, which launched a few years ago. And now we've got the air wrap and corral and more exciting products and even new categories to come. So a lot that uh, people might not be too familiar with. So they will hopefully become more familiar and probably, you know what, they probably are more familiar than I am. I just haven't been in the supersonic hairdryer market you know, or something like that. But there's plenty more than that that I need to get aware of in the world of how you pursue uh, things creatively, how you pursue things with technology. And today, we're going to pursue things through that influencer program, which I believe you started for Dyson. Could you explain uh, how that went? Yeah, uh, it was two and a half years ago now um, when I was first working on the communications team. I think, you know, we, we realized that there was this void, um, but also avoided, I think, in the larger influencer world of there's so there's so much noise. There's a million influencers out there and they're now famous just for being an influencer. So it used to be, I think, that there were, you know, celebrities were the original influencers, right? Or the athletes of the world. But now you find people who are famous for just kind of having that following on Instagram. Um, but for for Dyson and I think for a lot of companies, the goal has been to try and find uh, ambassadors, really, is the word I, I'm starting to use more and more, people who can speak to your product over time. 
So uh, Dyson obviously puts a lot of money and time and investment into our products and the technology, which means that, you know, the products can be higher priced, but you need to understand that worth and what you're getting for it. So while we would love to you know, have everyone in the world try out a Dyson product and see the difference for themselves, we know that's just not possible. So you need to be able to, to feel what other people feel when they try out a product. And that can't happen from just a, a static image or an ad all the time, right? You're, you really, if you're going to make that investment, you want to try it out for yourself or you want to get as close to that as possible. So over the course of the past few years, you know, the team has put together this, this roster of about eight ambassadors where we sit right now who talk about Dyson um, as much as we can get them to, but they really focus on the technology, but also its application. And that takes time. Uh, there's lots of products out there where you understand what it does right away. If you see an ad for sunglasses, you know what you're doing with those sunglasses. But Dyson technology also looks a lot different from the typical uh, products. So, you know, hair dryers have a very specific look. Uh, but the supersonic has an even more unique look. Uh, but you really want to see how that works, how it's different. And that takes time um, and that takes investment into the influencer or ambassador. So the program is really built around showing people how these products work over time and not trying to just drive them straight to conversion. As soon as you see that first photo that's, you know, staged and, Clearly, the brand read the ad copy right before it was posted and changed all up to fit their own marketing. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to work with people who have that unique voice, their followers, trust them and engage with their content in a meaningful way. And those are the people we really look for. So let me get this straight because I want to make sure I got it right. When I think of folks that have influencer programs, those are generally pretty broad. Um, the criteria may be slightly more refined. But the number is typically high in terms of a quantity. But it sounds like, you know, based on uh, and perhaps reflective of the amount of time you put into crafting a product, so too do you craft the folks who you partner with. And so it's just a roster of eight. I mean, that must have taken a long time. How'd you, how'd you pick those people? Because uh, you mentioned yourself that what was once an influencer because of their um, notoriety in, in, in sport or, or entertainment could now just be because they have a lot of followers on Instagram. So how, how'd you pick those yeah. folks? Well, so just to be clear, the, the partner program is, is, is just one part of our broader influencer work. I think, you know, to the point you made there, there's, it would be impossible to get the reach with just eight people. So we yeah, have, that's what I was we, thinking. We have other initiatives that, you know, other teams take on and make sure that our awareness is broader. I think where, where the influencer world is heading though, um, is more towards this, this, I think, smaller groups, because I think with smaller groups, you you know, to your point, you're going to have to invest more time in them, but I think you get more out of them. And is this smaller groups, by the way, I'm sorry for interrupting, smaller groups no. based on the number of influencers slash ambassadors you have, or smaller groups as in the number of the size of the community that the person has? The smaller, smaller in terms of the people you're working with. I, I think, I think, you know, there, the influencer world has evolved so quickly that any startup brand can sign up, um, you know, with an influencer agency today and probably have a hundred influencers by this afternoon that they have products ready to send out to, and maybe they're posting about the, their, those products on Thursday or Friday of this week. So they're able to turn it around really quickly. But 
that's kind of where I think all brands and companies were even just two years ago was we just need to get our product out there. We need to get it in the hands of these people. We need them to take photos and share it with their communities. But I think what a lot of companies and even influencer agencies are realizing is that quality far surpasses quantity. So while we work obviously with more than eight people, it's these eight people right now that we're really trying to hone in on because we think that their audiences match who we're trying to speak to. We think that their voices are genuine and unique and actually touch upon the things that we believe in with our products and technology. So we really value that quality over quantity. And I think you're, you're starting to see the industry trend that direction. I think the pandemic, everyone was on their phones, right? And still on their phones since March. Everyone's on social media. And what we found is a lot of people started to unfollow a lot of the people that they used to follow because they realized that there, there wasn't much depth to their content and that you can spot an influencer ad today just as easily, just as, easily as you can spot a Facebook banner ad. So again, I think quality is becoming a, a much more important part than reach was. When I think reach was big, reach was the only thing people used to talk about a few years ago. But now I think it's much more about quality and willing to invest more time and less people, but nailing uh, that audience. And quite right, by the way, it's pretty obvious to me when somebody is doing things which are so obviously branded, as you've said, where they just ran the copy by the brand and they said, yeah, okay, cool, put it out because that's okay with us. And I think in that, I, you lose a little bit of that, well, that A word as I talk about here, that authenticity in the person. So to you, you've mentioned this unique voice, and obviously I know that means more than just, well, they're, they're, they're an individual, so they have a unique voice. What is a great influencer then to you, I guess, given your lens of what you're doing at, at Dyson? I mean, maybe it comes from a specific example that you have or a broad philosophy that, that you personally hold about this, but um, what, what yeah. makes one particularly great, like better than like your average influencer? Yeah, I think there comes to a certain point where, you know, you hit, I think influencers hit a certain follower uh, number or they hit a certain engagement number and then brands start to notice them, right? And I think that there's a point, another point at which bigger brands start to notice them. I think the influencers that that work, that, that are the most successful at brand partnerships are the ones that can keep that authentic voice while participating in those brand partnerships. Uh, one of our influencer partners we work with closely is Jeanette Ogden out of um, Southern California. Her Instagram handle is uh, shut the kale up. It's a great name. But <laughs> That's great. I've never heard that it, one before. It's a really good one. Uh, but one of the things that we really appreciate about Jeanette and really the rest of the partners is that they're so selective when they get to um, their brand partnership process. And I think that's something that's really hard for influencers, these creators to learn at the beginning, because again, these aren't um, these aren't people who are making money from, you know, in the entertainment world or the sports world. They just create an Instagram account like any of us. And for a lot of them, it just kind of happened where they became an influencer, quote unquote. So for them, when they get a DM or an email from a company offering them thousands of dollars and all this, all this other um, perks to, to do what they've been doing for free, it's hard to turn down and rightfully so. And I'm not saying that that's something that they should stop doing by any means, start turning people down. But what I think the the best influencers do is they're selective. You know, does this, does this brand company, are they something I already use A? 
Are they something I could use without it seeming extremely obvious that this is an ad to my audience? I think those are the influencers we really are, are, are trying to find and work with. Those people who, first of all, does it, does it make sense for Dyson to be partnering with them? Or do, does, does the brand fit the influencer? But then also, is the influencer able to keep that unique voice and that identity with their audience? You know, if if you found someone, if uh, a fantastic follow on Instagram, let's say, and they're only at a couple thousand followers, and you kind of follow them and watch them grow, and now that maybe even they're close to a million followers, if all of a sudden they started talking about a company or brand that obviously they have no relationship with in the past or makes no sense to their lifestyle or or what's going on in their life. You're gonna you're gonna feel that as you mentioned you you can sense that ad coming from a million miles away right you don't need to spend more than a split second while you're scrolling to know what it is so for us and and I think for a lot of brands now it's trying to find those partnerships that feel right um, fit the audience and the influencer is able to talk about these things just as if they it wasn't a partnership and I think those partnerships that feel like that, they quickly evolve from something that is maybe a contractual agreement to something where, again, the products just fit and the the brand story and all of it just fits together. So for us, that's what we look for, for first and foremost. And then once you have it, I think it's really important to cultivate it. So uh, whether it be, you know, bringing people, you know, in a pre-COVID world, bringing people over to your office space, getting to know them personally, spending time with them, understanding what makes them and their audience tick. I think that's still very much something you have to do now because I think over these past few months, because of how much social media has been utilized by people just because there's not a lot going on, I think people are more aware than ever and are and are much more willing to press that unfollow button because everyone, uh, because it's so easy to spot. So it's it's all about authenticity for us, which I mean, plug for the podcast here, obviously. Hey, thanks. Uh, so, you know, thinking about that then, you know, normally you would bring a partner into your offices, as you said, and you'd walk them through and uh, you give them the whole experience. You can't do that now. Um, now, is that, has that translated well to the, to the virtual world? Uh, I, I would think that somebody who you bring in, who you're able to do that might have a little different of a relationship with you than somebody who you brought in in the midst of all this. That's a very good point. I think it's it's a it's a lot it's a lot harder, uh, especially uh, when you're trying to put together a program or kind of a group of people because you need you need to feel whether that connection is genuine or not, and it's really hard to do that over email, even over even over video conference. So, uh, you know, I think there's there's lots of you know the the virtual event agencies are doing really well right now, and for obvious reasons, whoever can put on that best display and that best show. For for external audiences are are doing really well, um, and you know, luckily for for us at Dyson, we've kind of had this group put together now for for a little while, where we haven't really had to do too much of that onboarding just yet. But you know, as we move into another year, and as all companies move into twenty twenty one with you know new products, new services, whatever may be to come, I think that will be the really challenging part is trying to identify who makes the most sense for your company. I think we're really lucky um, to work with some some fantastic uh, influencer platforms and agencies. Uh, but there's also, I feel like there's there's almost as many platforms and agencies as there are actual influencers out there. Everyone's 
uh, coming to pitch companies on their exclusive platform that they have, and they can tell you real engagement. And it's really hard to sort through the weeds with that, just as hard as it is to find the right influencer. So, so I think for companies out there, finding the type of network and platform that does that really well and that you can trust and actually has analytics that are helpful, not just charts on a screen that aren't really applicable to you is really where you have to spend a lot of that planning and strategizing time. Because if you don't have that nailed down, especially without the ability to connect in person, I think you're going to have, you're going to really want to have that, that influencer network, uh, that program, that agency, whatever it may be, you're going to want to have as just a strong relationship with them as you do with uh, the, uh, the influencer themselves. I do want to ask a second about that because there is, as I've determined, a whole heck of a lot of people out there, just as much as there are influencers, say they know about influencers. Beauty of this little series I'm doing is that I don't know too much about influencers and I get to learn from those who do. Similarly, on your LinkedIn, you note, at Dyson, I help tell the story of our beginnings, where we are today, and where we're headed. Maybe I can ask you with regard to the influencer world and whether it be at Dyson or or more broadly than that, maybe based on what you personally believe, um, the noise that you see in management, tech, all that, how do people cut through that going forward? How do you cut through that as you look ahead to 2021 and beyond where you'll be presumably putting new things into the market? That's a great question. It's, it's a tough one. I think you, you, need to be, you need to be very solid in what your goals are. If you don't know what your goals are as a company when it comes to influencer marketing, then every every agency, even every influencer or their manager who sends through a media kit, it's going to sound pretty good um, because you don't know exactly what you're looking for. So I think companies who you know, I think a lot of companies who sell who sell goods that market themselves social media, almost everyone is is in this influencer space in in one place or another. But I think as they start to scale or, or even brands who haven't yet, you know, it's not just a matter of throwing yourself into it. I think you really need to understand what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, because there's all that noise. If you're trying to tell, you know, a, a brand story, if you're trying to convince people that the investment we put into our product is why it's priced the way it is, if you're trying to just enter into a new product category altogether, or if you're just trying to sell things during Black Friday, those are three very, very different objectives there. And I would say that there is a different influencer platform for each of those. I'd say that there's a whole different type of, even not even knowing the industry, that there's three very different types of influencers that you're trying to speak to there. So it's really knowing your knowing what you need uh, what your company needs, and then being able to filter through everything. Because again, there's so much noise. It's very hard to it's very hard to tell an influencer agency who you know pitches you a nice deck that they aren't right for you uh, when you don't know what what you're trying to get out of it. So, I think speaking with other companies, especially whoever those agencies or, or networks have as clients, and understanding what their goals are, so you can see if those kind of match up with yours. Uh, you know, at Dyson, you know, we're a technology company first and foremost. We're always trying to tell that story of James and the engineers and the work we're doing to solve problems with our with our technology. So we've got a lot of different goals there, and we need to find people who are interested in that because that's that's what we believe in. That's first and foremost um, 
what, what our goals are is to tell that story. So again, knowing your goals and then allowing those to influence what you're looking for in an influencer, but also the agency, I think are equally important. Let me round out real quick with one question of advice, maybe not for a marketer, maybe a would-be influencer. Now, you've worked with a number of uh, successful ones, including one that you mentioned right here on the show, but you also mentioned they need to have a unique voice. And when it comes to what you look for in a great influencer, maybe to give them some advice, what should they do in order to be noticed by a guy like you? That's a great question. Uh, Again, it's very tough to keep that voice that makes you different when money gets involved, when 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 companies send a contract through, it's it's very tough. So, I guess if I'm speaking to an influencer who's starting to quote unquote make it, it it's be patient because if you want to go from where you are to an, another step, three steps, four steps, ten steps from where you are right now, you're going to want to be patient. If you start working with whatever company comes through the doors. Uh, you know, hopefully you make the right decisions and that company fits exactly what your profile and what your followers have come to know. But if it doesn't, then you could quickly find yourself taking one step forward and two steps back. And then you're working with brands that you don't even believe in. Uh, maybe they're a startup brand just sending you product and then you're in a, you're a place you, you don't really want to be. So if you're really looking to try and grow your audience, grow your engagement, and actually do this maybe even full-time one day. It's be patient, especially early when you see those initial signs of success, staying true to your audience, not being afraid to experiment on different platforms. You know, it's a couple of years ago, two years ago, would you say, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat, you know, that's it. That's all there's ever going to be. And now, of course, you've got TikTok and TikTok is very much here to stay. So it's, it's, Stay true to yourself. Don't be afraid to 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 stretch yourself on other platforms. Um, but I can't say enough about staying true to to what you believe in and that voice because that's what got you to where you are. And if you change that, your followers and those people, those really loyal followers, right? Those people who followed you when you had a couple hundred, they're going to leave you. And if those people are leaving you, then certainly this new group is going to leave you once you start to change again and again and again. So. Staying true, being patient, and not being afraid to stretch yourself um, with new platforms and new features. I really appreciate that that advice. For telling me what you think a great influencer is and opening up the curtain a little bit about what's going on at Dyson. I uh, can't wait to see what the new things you have coming up next. What else are you going to make supersonic? And for now, I appreciate uh, the insight here. Alex Mack, thanks very much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a function I want to cover a lot more on this show, and I hope that conversations like this with Alex not only will teach me, but will teach you a little bit more about how brands think about this new and ever-changing world. Thanks, Alex, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in today. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen. If you do that, I'll read some of them at the top of the show, and I'm also available elsewhere on social media, LinkedIn. Adam Connor or Authentic Avenue. I operate both. And I'm also on TikTok, as I said at the top, at Authentic Adam, doing more of the day-to-day about uh, this podcast, the business I'm running around it, things like that. It's just a more informal way to get to know me. Of course, formally, I'm also here via email, adam at authenticavenuemedia.com. Shoot me a note, say hi, give me some recommendations, do whatever you want. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.